Welcome to HR Fresh Take, brought to you by Philly Sherm. Stay fresh with the latest HR trends impacting the Philadelphia region. I am your host, Dr. Joe Vasquez. We know labor is the biggest cost to an organization. As inflation continues to impact our economy, the effects are not only felt in our supply chains, but also in our talent pipelines. In this episode, I am joined by my colleague from Philly Sherm and co-host Caleb Lanks. We'll be chatting with our guest, Allison DeFlorio, co-founder and managing partner of Exude Human Capital. We will discuss what leaders could do to remain competitive within the current financial landscape and what to consider when developing a total compensation strategy. Welcome, Allison. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, we're super excited. Super. To have you. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm so excited for this conversation. Inflation is like the hot topic, though I think I did see an article that it may be coming down a little bit, fingers crossed, but can't wait to jump into this because I know it's not going to be quick enough for that inflation to come down for us. That is true. <laughs> it's coming down to a level in which people are not worried. Yes. Um, so we would like to just in terms of kick off, what impact has the events from the last couple of years, the pandemic, the great resignation, um, had on employers thinking about compensation? So this is a great place to start, and, and I have to preface my response by saying I've been in the human resources space for more years than I care to admit to, probably over 20 <laughs> that I'll say officially on while oh, I'm recording. Uh, however, the, we have seen more movement and more action in the compensation space in the last two and a half years than I have seen in the last two decades. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And of course, there are a lot of reasons for that. So we had the pandemic. We had the pandemic during which people kind of went into isolation if for all intents and purposes. And I like to say they had those pandemic epiphanies about what <laughs> life yes. really means to them, yes. what work means to them, and how much value their time is. We had the tragic murder of George Floyd, which shined a light on employers who were thinking or maybe not taking enough action in the space of equity and inclusion to really be in a position to move forward and to listen to the voices of their employees who were saying, enough already. Mm -hmm. We had pay equity laws passed. Mm -hmm. We have 17 states yeah. that have pay transparency laws now. So all of these factors combined change the landscape. And employees are now saying, it's, it's an employee's market. Mm -hmm. They're saying, we want to be compensated fairly for the value we bring to your organization. So that all of those factors created, if for all intents and purposes, the perfect storm. Yeah. Yes. For what we were seeing as a trajectory, we were starting to see things move, but the pandemic and all the other forces I just explained just accelerated that movement to no longer is comp a nice to do, uh, and no longer is it in the top ten. Pay is not just in the top 10 of job seekers, top drivers. It's in the top two or three now. Mm -hmm. And that's a monumental shift of what we've seen uh, in our top drivers for talent. Yeah. What are the most important strategies for employers when they think about uh, reviewing their compensation packages? Where should they start? So first and foremost, you have to know who your competitive set is for talent, That's for labor. True. And it's not always one set for every position in your organization. 
right? So if you're a technology company or you're a nonprofit, it doesn't mean that you should exclusively look at technology companies or exclusively look at nonprofits, depending on the role you're looking for. You need to know where you would be competing for talent in that space. That's number one. Know your competitive set. Number two is know what the market rate for your jobs is, sure, for each of your jobs. So what I mean by that is many employers do a decent job of checking salaries with whatever tools they have access to, salary.com or bls.gov, on a regular basis. But to really step back and look at all of your jobs at on a regular basis, and I say regular with imaginary quotes around that because we used to say every three years and candidly now you should really be looking at this every year because of the way salaries are moving but look at your jobs and determine what the market rate for the job is a quick question on that point because you know this whole i think the pandemic also made us realize we can be remote right so how do I do market analysis if I'm trying to hire someone whose cost of living is in California, but like my HQ corporate office is in Milwaukee? Yeah. So this is this to me is the most fascinating question and trend that we are going to be answering in 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the clients that we serve now are starting to ask that question. We've always had clients that have had virtual workforces, even pre-pandemic, sure. but just not as many. Now the big question is, okay, to your point, so if we're based in Philadelphia or if we're based in New York and we have an employee who moves to Tennessee or an employee who moves to Seattle, should we be paying them differently? The answer is going to be, and you're not going to like this, it depends. (laughs) I feel like that's HR life. It depends. It is. It is. It's never one straight line. I feel like a lawyer, right? That's the answer they would say. So it depends on a number of factors. What skill set experience are you looking for? Where can you find that? How are you going to attract and retain the talent that you need to do that job? And what is it going to take to be able to attract and retain them? We're talking about compensation as it relates to salary, but employers should be thinking really total compensation. And does flexibility of where you live and do that work, is that part of the compensation package? Mm. And that might be the questions, if I were working with a client, they'd say, let's answer these questions. To what degree does flexibility play a role in your total comp package? And then that might inform how we look about where in the market we want to be and which market we're going to compare to a national market, a regional market. I'm I'm a little leery of saying do state by state because how do you administer that as yeah. an organ? Most of our employers don't have in-house compensation Mm-mm. teams. Mm-mm. So we do see organizations moving to tiers, and that may be by region of the country. So uh, we have an organization that may be looking at four or five tiers. And that might be a way to go about it if an organization does want to differentiate pay based on geography. So in terms of locally, one of the things that we wanted to do in this podcast is kind of focus on organizations and businesses that not only serve Philadelphia proper, but the surrounding counties. Are we looking at that flexibility also in saying, well, if you want to stay in the surrounding county, but it's not as expensive to live in Philadelphia, do you add that flexibility in that kind of compensation package? I would say that if you're staying in the tri-state area, there's not going to be enough of a differential in cost of living among the counties 
for you to differentiate pay. And I think that that might hurt an employer in terms of the ability to attract or retain talent. I think when you're talking differentials of regions of the United States and where cost of living are dramatically different, then I think that comes into play in the conversation. But I think for the immediate area, the tri-state area, honestly, whether you're living in Philadelphia, Delaware, um, outside the suburbs of Pennsylvania or New Jersey, aside from the local and state taxes and things like that that do differentiate, the pay, you're probably looking at a similar competitive pay set. I was just going to say, I was thinking about it because I live um, in West Philly, pretty close to City Ave, and I have contemplated, do I cross over City Ave border just so I don't have to pay the like city and Mm -hmm. living wage check because I live and work in the city, you know? So um, it's definitely that even state or the municipality taxes, this can be a question of like, I'm not going to go to Jersey because I know the taxes are higher over there. And also that toll across the bridge is a lot for me too. So, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking in terms of what it means to be the tri-state area. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of know mm-hmm. what the tri-state area in terms of following New York. But what is our tri-state area when someone is looking at compensation in the region? Are we adding a place like New York, which is you know high cost of living? Or are we just looking at Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey? So when we work with employers... That's one of the key questions that we cover in our intake. So we need to understand, number one, your competitive set, what types of businesses, what types of companies do you attract talent from, and number two, the location from which you would attract talent. So this is where working remotely matters because you no longer have geographical boundaries on where you're looking for talent. So are you basing your competitive salary data on a national set of data or on the local set of data. When you pull the local set of data, it's going to pull the Philadelphia area, it's going to pull the Philadelphia, Southern Jersey, and Delaware. That's the that's what most of the the databases how they're set up. That's what they'll pull. They won't include New York unless you want to include New York. So if you want to include the Northeast, then you're going to include New York City, Boston and those other higher cost of living, and higher wage earner cities. So we do have many education nonprofits in Philadelphia. So when we even look at the salary data, could we even compete? And I know in a conversation that we had before is that we should be reimagining what the package looks like. And if it's not just the salary, what else can we offer? Mm -hmm. So I'll take two parts of that, the education and nonprofit and, and can you compete? You can. Uh, You absolutely can. And the second part of that is what else can you include in that package? I always like to refer to compensation work as an art and a science. So the Mm. science component of it is the actual market data that we can pull. And if we pull a salary match for a position, let's say in a nonprofit, at the 50th percentile of the market, right? Which is where most of our employers will strive to be at the 50th percentile. Perhaps for harder to fill positions, they may go to the 75th percentile or the 90th percentile, but let's say at the 50th percentile. Whether or not a nonprofit can afford to pay at that rate, we don't know. But what they can do is craft a strategy to be able to move people toward that 50th percentile. That can be their plan. The second piece of this is what else to include. 
And so there's there are several data sources out there that have really good surveys that talk about what employees want. But we always talk to our employers and say, yes, you can use the surveys as one point in time data, point in time, but survey your people and see yeah. what's important to them. We have five generations in the workplace. Probably. What matters to you or to you, Dr. Joe, or to me may be very different based on where we are in our own life experiences. So if you can regularly survey your staff to determine what matters most to them, then you and the team in your organization who are responsible for crafting a total compensation package can determine what's important. Health and welfare benefits, always. That's the ante to get in the game, for sure. right? For sure. I, like Maslow's hierarchy of yeah. needs. It's like, <laughs> that's it, right? Yes. Don't think right. that that part of the package exactly. is actually going to attract right. talent. Until we have universal health care, but maybe a conversation for another day. I know, I know. Oh, here goes another topic. <laughs> right. Now, that said, as you're a larger employer, over 50 employees, where you have a little bit more flexibility to navigate that plan and to tweak that plan, you may be able to carve out things that you can't do as a small group. So that's something to keep in mind for the health piece. We do know that flexibility on any survey that you see today is going to pop up in the top three of employee drivers. So along with pay, flexibility, transparency in pay, and I'm going to talk about that. If I forget to talk about it, I want one of you to ask me that question because that's an important one. (laughs) Uh, And then those fringe benefits. We're seeing people get very creative. Uh, Yes, we've heard about pet insurance. We've heard about gym memberships or wellness benefits where you have a fixed amount of money that you will give to someone for uh, any sort of very popular. popular We've also seen... um, memberships to fresh grocer clubs where you mm. get on a weekly basis a package of fresh vegetables from local farmers that's that's been that's been relatively popular in the I in the greater Philadelphia area. Yeah. I had a um when I was at one of my previous companies we had a farm share pickup at my office location. They didn't compensate it, but it was actually really nice to be able to just to pick up my co-op farm share at the office versus trying to finagle oh like can I grab it after the work, especially because I didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. So it was so convenient. Now, granted, I was carrying a box of vegetables on the bus, but it was better <laughs> than me trying to figure out how to get across the city with it. So some of those perks are really cool and unique. And I think to, to your point, whether the employer pays for that or the employer makes that available, yes. that could still be considered a benefit. Does exactly. that make sense? So yeah. not all the benefits will be employer-paid benefits. Some might be voluntary opt-in, but what it's doing is it's giving people options. And when you are a recruiter or a hiring manager and you're trying to pull that candidate over the finish line and they're comparing apples to apples and you can say, I take my fresh vegetables home on the bus with me. (laughs) I mean, that's a differentiator. That's something that maybe the other group... I talked to a group the other day. I thought this was fascinating. They have in their building... A, uh, a a company that has rowing machines. Oh, nice. And so what they started doing is they have a day of the week that it's it's just, they pay for it, company team rowing. And it's become this kind of wonderful yeah. team event that they do. It's not mandatory, but it's drop-in. And it certainly is one of those benefits yeah. that the company offers. So be creative is my, my tip for employers. Yeah. Be creative. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we're going to circle back because she said that we had to remind her about. Well, I actually was so oh, okay. excited to jump so into Kayla, this conversation. Why don't you go and uh, well, ask this question? <laughs> so you know, I love the thought of switching from like cost of living to cost of labor increase, like that, like that that process and how we can maybe do some things of like what do we have already? Because inflation to me and responding to this temporary moment of like high inflation, let's increase salaries. It has to be creating some equity problems within organizations. Like it has to be crunching some salary bands for people. How are we adjusting a little bit to, do we, do we gen, then change salaries for people who are already existing in the organization in addition to the new talent we're trying to attract? So I guess my question is so many layers here because now I'm thinking about pay equity. I also want to talk about this pay transparency Transparency. as well, which I think it all kind of comes together a little bit because how can we have equity if we are not talking about transparency also at the same time? Mm -hmm. So that's a great question. And many of the organizations we're working with now are laser focused on equity as Mm -hmm. well. So when we do a full compensation study, and this is This is something that everybody has to think about because a lot of times we're looking at one salary or one new position and we're looking at evaluating the market for that. But periodically, employers have got to step back and look at the entire landscape and be able to look to see if there are any internal equity issues based on their existing team and where the market is. And then take strategies to be able to either make a market adjustment because the market has moved and that may require some dollars. And you may not be able to do it all at once. You may need to do it in steps, but be able to look at the organization so that you don't have compression issues, which is, I think, what you were getting to, compression issues, or perpetuate inequities that may have existed. So we are seeing a good number of employers honestly look at the data, have the conversations, and begin to build strategies, which honestly can be one to two year strategies to bring everybody in alignment. I think it's fair to say that not all employers have the dollars disposable to be able to do it all at once. However, we have had some employers do all these adjustments at once. Mm-hmm. The other piece I wanted to, to get back to, which with the pay transparency, one of the things we are seeing pop up on the top five, six drivers of employee engagement, which we didn't really see before, is pay transparency. So we were talking about pay transparency laws, but I'm talking about pay transparency within organization. Now, there's an enormous continuum of what transparency means to organization. But what we know employees and job seekers are looking for is for organizations to be able to share what their compensation philosophy is we strive to pay at the 50th percentile of the market. We strive to be at the whatever percentage of the market, and we evaluate our salaries annually. They want to know that. They want to see it in writing. And many of our organizations don't have that today or haven't dusted it off and looked at it. The second thing that's critically important is that your managers, your hiring managers and your managers of people can speak to the compensation structure that you have. They don't have to be experts. And I'm not talking about sharing people's salaries. Some organizations will do that. That's the extreme end of the transparency continuum. And not everybody is there, and I'm not saying or suggesting that you need to be there. But what I am saying is you need to be able to say, we look at market data annually, if indeed you do. Mm -hmm. We 
ensure that we look at all salaries against market data and make appropriate adjustments to do what we can as an organization to pay fair wages. That's the level of transparency we're talking about. Most managers are extremely uncomfortable talking about compensation with employees. We have actually built into all of our compensation studies now a management training session at the end Mm -hmm. when the final results are done so that managers can speak to it. They understand why a range is constructed because most employees will look at the range and say, well, I want to be at the top of the range. Well, understand what the range is based on. Why is the midpoint and what do you need to have in order to be at the midpoint and what this higher end of the scale allows for the employer to give performance-based increases. In terms of um, us like wrapping up yeah. and uh, this was a great compensation, uh, conversation, <laughs> compensation, conversation, conversation, conversation. <laughs> See, it's like we have money on the brain right now. Uh, so, um, and again, thank you so much for giving us all of these ideas and this information and things that I never even thought of. But this question is going to kind of come out of left field because we thought, you know, at the end we should kind of think about what if. So if you weren't in the role that you were in, what else would you be doing? Oh, I know, eh? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you can take a moment, think about that mall and that one. <laughs> Is this my my dream career? Yes, like yes. dream career. Alternate Allison. Yes. Yeah. What the, would she do? Field, you know? The multiverse, right? Yeah. So if you're going to go in an alternate universe, what would be your yeah. career maybe? Or where would you go? That dream one, yeah. <laughs> I would be the lead singer in a band. Oh, that's what? so much fun. Yes, I would. Oh, that's exciting. What kind of what kind of band? What kind of like rock, punk, something upbeat R&B, and pop? fun Ooh, that yes. would get the room up and moving. Oh, I love uh, it. I can see you like uh, as part of the commitments or <laughs> I was just like, oh, uh, you know, be yes. you know, lead. Oh, it'd be good. If, oh my gosh, I can just see you, Allison, doing that. I'm just saying, HR talent night. Let we'll we'll pull you in. Do you sing now? Oh no, oh, okay. only to myself in the car. <laughs> but that's you. What my dream would be in my dreams. I have a fabulous voice. Yes, and in the car, not in the shower, because maybe somebody else is going to hear. I'll say those like acoustics baby. in the shower are amazing, though. So you yeah. know. <laughs> yes. If you ever saw that commercial where they actually you know, compared the person in the shower sounding great. And then they came out the shower and they go completely (laughs) off key. That could possibly be me. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. We hope you got some ideas for yourself and your organizations. Members of Philly Sherm can access exclusive podcast content by visiting the member portal at phillysherm.org. Not a member? Visit our website at phillysherm.org slash membership to get more information and to sign up. Don't forget to stay connected with us on social media where you can find us at Philly Sherm. This is HR Fresh Take.